Oh, oh, one more thing. Welcome to Just One More Thing, a podcast about Columbo, where each show we try to go through an episode of the beloved 70s, 80s, and 90s murder detective show. I'm R.J. White. I'm John Morris. On this episode of Just One More Thing, we'll be discussing Dead Weight, originally broadcast on October 27th, 1971, directed by Jack Smite, written by John T. Dugan, and starring Eddie Albert, Suzanne Plachette, and of course, Peter Falk as Columbo. And, of course, every program, we're joined by a special guest. This time around, it's Carolita Johnson, who is a cartoonist in New Yorker as well as a freelance writer and illustrator. Uh, but before we bring her in, John, what happened in this one? Let me tell you. Uh, real-life war hero Eddie Albert plays fictional war hero Martin Hollister, a flamboyant former commander relegated to retirement among his many mementos. When evidence of his double-dipping with government contracts threatens to become public, he makes a command decision to assassinate his accomplice in front of the big bay windows of his oceanfront home. Witnessing the murder from seaside is beleaguered Cheddar Bay Biscuit Suzanne Blachette and her hectoring swinger mom. Left with no other option but to rob the eyewitness cradle, Hollister seduces his accuser by breaking out every trick in the mystery PUA manual and violently negging her reliability. With Plachette firmly under the sway of this larcenous Lothario, it remains up to Columbo to pierce the murder mystery with the pearl-handled tools of the killer's own tremendous ego. See, see, now, the way I, we, we, we do this, we switch this every show. Uh, we, we switch this where uh, I do the intro, John does the info, we switch it around. And when I, when I do the, the summary, I, I just go off the top of my head. I'm thinking... Maybe I maybe I should start working on it ahead of time, like John does, because that is <laughs> like turn that, in a few drafts. We can workshop something if you okay, want. Okay, we'll workshop it. No problem with, with an improv group or something. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, uh, Carolyn Johnson, for uh, for uh, joining us in the program. Now, you, um, I'm, try, I'm trying to think. Like, yeah. when, when we were first uh, getting you to do this, you had two episodes yeah. you want to do. The your first choice was one we had already done, which was I, I'm trying to remember which one. Short it was. fuse. Yeah, short fuse. It was short fuse. That's my absolute favorite. Um, so what? Dead weight. Why is it was dead weight your like uh, second thing? We're like, yes, dead weight's the other one I'd like to do. Dead weight was almost like my most unfavorite. Oh, okay. Like, well, so come on. Sort of, <laughs> oh, already like, we're off to a great start. <laughs> Stop. You know, like it just there was just so much to not like about. I oh. kind of liked it. And also Susan Blanchett is one of my heroes. So I was just like, oh, okay. what is she doing in this role? Oh, yeah, that, that's that's one of the biggest things about this. And and she's great in the part, but it's such a sad she's great. character. You feel so terrible for her. But it's a mm-hmm. terrible character. One one thing after another. I think I tried to count, like, I think in, in less than an hour, she was just slammed down into the ground like 10 times by her mom, by Eddie Albert, mm-hmm. by the cop. You know, it was just like, yeah. well, it's a poor woman. You well, know? I mean, well, Columbo is like the nicest person to her, which I mean, of course, he's the lead character. But Columbo is like the nicest person to her in this whole thing. Like the, at the one point, he's telling her, like, he sobs, like, you know, something I noticed is you know, you're always the one downgrading yourself. Like, he's actually trying right. to be nice, give her some advice. Yeah, but everyone else is terrible. Her mother is the worst. She's a terrible... Her mother is the worst. Like oh. The, her, the first jump- thing she says to the cop is, she lives with me. Yes. <laughs> Remember when he's like, the oh my asks God. the address, and it's like, yeah, yeah, she lives with her mother. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you know my daughter, she has no credibility. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Can we <laughs> jump right, jump really far ahead and get to the cocktail party? Because that was... Uh, which cocktail part? Which, which, the, oh, when, oh. We, when we first go to uh, Suzanne Plachette's mom's house. Oh, yes. Which has a kiln inside, which is not safe. <laughs> yes. I guess. We, which, yeah. <laughs> for it's many reasons. And smoking and everything else. Do not yeah. fire ceramics in your living room. No, it's a reason. little. It's just going <laughs> to smell bad, too. But they're, they're having a, a cocktail so party. Hot. Yes. It's so yeah. hot. And they're in Southern California. It's never going to be cold enough that that is a boon. No, no, no. Plus, the fumes will kill them. They yes. will have all the cancer. Well, unless they do from, like, drinking, like, a stiff vodka drinks all the time, which is what oh it seems God. like they do. But they're having, Happy they're having bunch a, of folks. Happy a bunch cocktail folks. party. And well, two-person cocktail party. There's two person. Well, there's two people outside. Oh, no, that. Oh, that. That was great. Like, yeah. there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of like, uh, uh, young swingers. Having this like a roll up bar party in their swimsuits at like I will say like 
seven, eight o'clock at night just by the pool. I'm gonna yeah. guess. Uh, let's say it's a let's say it's a Wednesday night, just to make it even stranger. It's and I guess I Colombo kind of likes it. I think Colombo <laughs> kind of almost wanted to go over there. Maybe I'm sure he's thinking that sounds friendly. I guarantee <laughs> you, there's a bowl of keys. Probably yes, undoubtedly. <laughs> Probably was I was I wrong in thinking that that was that Mom was hosting a little swinger party and that Suzanne was like hiding out from it? Oh, I don't know because that's how I felt. Yeah, she's like, yeah. I'm going to go hang out with my You'll strength. always find her at the kiln at parties. <laughs> at her, at her <laughs> like, if she ever goes out, the first thing she does is, like, hovers around the, the host's kiln. Um, well, one thing I thought about that, because, like, yeah, that, that, um, because, like, the first time we see them is on the boat when uh, Suzanne Plachette's character actually witnesses the murder. Mm-hmm. But then later on, the first, yeah. the next time we're seeing them really interact, uh, Suzanne Plachette and her mother, it's at that apartment thing. And it goes on for quite a while. You get to see their entire terrible, horrible dynamic and showing, like, why <laughs> Suzanne Plachette's character is such a beaten down, sad lady. But I kept thinking, like, well, it's almost kind of like a backdoor pilot. This is almost a completely different TV show, like one of those sort of single camera 70s sitcoms. And if you put some, like, very inappropriate laugh track underneath every single one of the mom's digs, <laughs> you kind of could have a TV uh-huh. show there about some like kind of sad divorcee is trying to get her life back on track and living with her mom and going on bad dates. But, you know, minus the bad yeah, dates and- with old Eddie Albert who just killed a dude was trying to shut her up. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, so she's I'm got, gonna, she's got it rough is what we're saying, folks. If we can come up with a title, I'll make the opening credits like I did for, for Crichton's Law. Law. There we go. Yes. Coming back. To his company. Something, it's got to <laughs> have something to do with kilns. Yes. Kilning time. Uh, yes. <laughs> Killing, yeah, killing time. <laughs> killing time. <laughs> so, I mean, that just sounds Oh, yeah, poor Suzanne Plachette. So, yeah, I mean, but she does a great job with the role. But, yeah, it's just it's, it's not a very good role to have to work with. But she does it well. And it, it's kind of a good thing because she has to go up against um, Eddie Albert. Yeah, let's talk about Eddie Albert. Cause oh, wait, wait, wait. What, I wanted what, to what? ask you something, though, about yes. her. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about her because, you know, she plays this sort of downtrodden woman, which, like, if you've ever, you know, if you grew up, and saw her playing like Bob Newhart's wife oh, and yes. stuff, who's really snappy and sarcastic and stuff. Yeah. You're just like, what is this? It's completely but I remember separate. having yeah, the same feeling. Opposite. Yeah, but when I when I when I saw her in uh, The Birds, I remember thinking, oh man, she is like the loser in this movie too. You know, yeah, but at least she's, and like she's I felt kind of like she was almost it, reprising. Oh, that reminds me that in I, the, in I was thinking birds? I was thinking this Columbo episode was the prequel. To the birds? To the yeah, birds? she just like she gets <laughs> her mom drives her nuts, and she's like, "I have to start my life all over again." Yeah, hey, Bodega Bay. I'll yeah. move up to this and she nice moves out to Bodega Bay. About and then sure, yeah. I'll move up there. Could be murdered by. Yeah, birds. well, that's the upshot of the whole episode is she needs to move out. Yes, but we don't know if she does. <laughs> she needs to move out because it ends because the thing ends not with any sort of win for her. It no. ends with her being even it, it, sadder. She loses again. One more horrible yeah. defeat in her life. So exactly. She'll have to go, she'll have to go she, back to the when arc she finally park caved Monday morning. <laughs> oh, the arc park. Oh that's man. Smelly, God, oh, so let's, let's get back place. to what you wanted to say. Hmm? What did oh, you want I'm to sorry, say, yeah, John? About, uh, about oh, Eddie well, just that, I interrupted that, you. Uh, RJ and I have been debating for the better part of the week whether we like Eddie Albert in this role or not. And, oh, and he's hideous. Yeah, thank you. My position. <laughs> okay. I have I have a dual <laughs> position. I think he's written. I don't think the writers know what to do with him because he he his whole shtick is he forms a relationship with this woman in order to can overwhelm her and convince her that her, her to manipulate yeah, her yeah, that yeah. her eyewitness account is not worth anything, right? And then manages to build a relationship on that. Mm-hmm. Every conversation they have is like, so uh, don't you like being out here on the boat, honey? Hey, look at my house. Yeah, <laughs> you clearly can't see me murder anyone in that house, could you? <laughs> I, I think I think we all can agree you never saw me murder anyone. That's every conversation they have. Yeah. Uh, and I don't buy Eddie Albert. First off, this is weird because he is a war hero. I don't buy him as a war hero. Yeah. He we no. he literally saved the lives of seventy seven men in World War Two. For real. Yeah. For real. But he doesn't bring any of that to this. And then I don't buy him as a as a romantic. Lead. He, oh, well, he's, no, no. He's, he's no not way. supposed to be He's not supposed to be one at all. He, he, it's but he's not charming. He looks like Sylvester the Cat. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like Sylvester the Cat. He's not even good looking. 
he's not. I mean, he's he's thirty. There is no sex appeal there. He's thirty-one years older than than Suzanne Plachette in this too. Yeah, like, well, I in think real yeah, life. he's but not. See, I think that works for the story though, because and I'm not different because they say they say one of my favorite Columbos. I'm not defending it too much, but I'm saying it kind of works for the story for me because she is just so sad and desperate that this guy who's very half-heartedly, very obviously just making the moves on her just to get her to not tell people that he killed someone, that she just <laughs> accepts it. Yeah, I don't think he's not supposed to be a realistic romantic lead at all. Especially uh, that one scene where no, he's wearing no, no. The, the blue coat and the orange No, they do say he's shirt. charismatic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they, they play say on up. TV that he's charismatic. Well, that's because the TV says that. I, mean, I think he's he's 20 years out of the game of being charismatic, so he was forced to retire 20 <laughs> years before. So now he's gotten, like, lazy and corrupt, and he's still riding on all that past glory. He's riding on that past reputation. But he's just kind of gotten pathetic yeah. to the point well, where here's... all of it's threatened by this, you know, procurement officer going to, the, uh, going to Congress. And so he just gets that desperate. He has to murder somebody, and he has to pretend he likes this lady he doesn't like at all. And I think it, it's all because of that. He's just gotten so pathetic. So well, I think it kind of works with that. The thing that bugs me about that relationship yeah. is that when Columbo is talking to Suzanne Plachette and he's a little – he's not even contrary. He's actually kind of nice to her. Oh, very, yeah. If he if he ever says anything even mildly critical, she turns on him. She has yeah. a couple scenes where she gets really angry with him for criticizing her. But Eddie Albert shows up. Just for criticizes him for his appearance too, which I would yeah. a little come on. Yeah, back oh, off that, that remark. Yeah, <laughs> back off, lady. But then come Eddie on. Albert literally shows up <laughs> and says, "By the way, you can't trust your own senses. You know that, you sweet thing." And she just flutters. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. Uh, oh, that's the thing. And also, another... he's very. Oh, sorry. Good. Yeah. No, no he's go he's very bluebeard. He's very oh, bluebeard, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Why does he I have a secret compartment in his bar? Right. Oh, I think, I think that was, well, no, that was his gun safe. There's he like all the empty things for his guns. Yeah. Gun safe, nothing. That's where he kept the first three wives. <laughs> exactly. I don't think he was ever married. I think he's been married several times and they all go out on the yeah. boat. I know. He's like, oh, I never had time. But see, yeah. I almost see him as like his kind of weird, like this asexual guy, actually, who never, it was always the military. It's always his business. And he never... Just women was this weird blank slate to him. So it's he, a completely weird alien thing to have to fake even <laughs> liking a lady. For I really like the idea of him being Bluebeard, of just that, yeah, hall, that hallway. Yeah, that hallway that leads <laughs> totally. off, off the main room that we see in the in the shot of his house are just these uh, like rooms where the inside of the doors <laughs> have nail marks, just claw marks on them. Uh, <laughs> Eddie Albert as a as a serial black widower. Well, to be fair, he did. <laughs> to be fair, he did have a uh, corpse sized plastic bag handy right away right. to take care of that guy. So maybe yeah, exactly. <laughs> he does have the supplies on hand. So maybe that is it. There's a there's yeah. a great bit at the beginning when Columbo's talking to the patrolman, and he basically tells him to illegally search the boat. Yeah, yeah, that was great. And he says, "Pay pay special attention to the engines." And it was almost like I've heard about this guy. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> make, make sure he didn't take the boat out and dump a body like he tends to do. Oh, and actually, that that thing does, yeah. that's something I noticed when uh, when Columbo first comes up in that. Once again, you've got Columbo coming to a crime scene and someone not identifying him as a police officer at all and asking him to leave, which yeah. I, that's another recurring thing. Yeah. And Columbo, so polite. Oh, wait, did you notice he how late he got there? Huh? Did Pardon? you notice how late he got there? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it was like hours after it's the nighttime. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, yeah. it was late enough that uh, Eddie, Eddie Albert was in a tux, wasn't he? Oh, or that's was, another he thing. Was in a tux. That that yeah, tux was farmer because he's going to like yeah. <laughs> um, that's the thing. That whole scene because you always have like the cla- I mean the, the huge linchpin of Columbo. A center thing is like um, him him going against powerful people, rich people, that kind of stuff, and it's so. Just very obvious and literal in the scene because the entire first scene, Eddie Albert is in a tuxedo holding a martini. The entire <laughs> damn yeah. sequence. A tuxedo and a yeah. martini. Oh, here's a rich, successful guy. And Columbo is just being all humble and doing his, like, you know, fake humble, fake, oh, I'm just a cop. I got bosses downtown. You understand, sir. It, it, it was like a really good example of yeah, uh, and all that stuff. Eddie Albert's all like, who, who murdered whom? 
you know, <laughs> like speaking, oh, fancy, grammatically correct. You know, my alma, my alma mater, or my alma mater, and they're going to enshrine me. You know, yeah, he, he was totally only, lording it over him. Oh, there's already two nails in this crate. You can't open it up with only two nails. <laughs> a couple of teenagers pounded into it. Oh, another thing, actually, while we're on that scene, uh, it, it's it's sort of in front of the episode. Columbus first going in the house. Um, it's in Eddie Albert's living room. There's this bookcase behind him. If, if any of you folks at home are uh, watching this thing on DVD or whatnot, where you got a really nice clear shot, you can actually see on the top shelf, one of the close-ups, uh, some of the books up there. They're the Mrs. Melville series of mysteries, which that's the books that oh. the guys in the first episode of Columbo, directed by Steven Spielberg, that's a series they write. And apparently Eddie Albert's uh, character oh. is a fan, and they got those up there on the uh, top shelf. So I was trying to read them. I couldn't read them. Look, look for that, that's nerds. Cool. <laughs> Get your nerd glasses out, nerds. Oh, God. Look Not another it. antagonistic nerd assault. Yeah, nerds, nerds are terrible. Anyway, oh, gosh. Uh, how do you like How do you like Doctor Who, RJ? Yeah, don't get me started. <laughs> don't get me started on that. <laughs> Joss Whedon, nerd nonsense. How do you, he has nothing oh, to do with that anyway. Uh, Carolito, the question we forgot to ask you at the beginning, which we usually ask everyone, is: is what's your yeah. background with Columbo? Oh, you, right. Yes. Yeah, you actually approached us about appearing, and that was that was neat. Because and you and said you were, like, yeah. oh, people actually listen to the show. So that was a show <laughs> itself. To get like an over the trans. Well, actually, I saw of... that. I saw that Mallory. Mallory had done um, mm-hmm. an episode with you. You know, uh, Mallory Ortberg, yeah, who yeah. I'm a huge admirer of. Um, so that's how I how how I discovered you guys. But I'm also like a huge Columbo fan. I mean, like four years no, more, more than four years ago, like in 2000, just before the recession, I borrowed like. I think seven seasons of DVDs from a friend of mine who I was working with and never returned them. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Like me and my husband, we've been watching them ever since. I mean, we were just, you know, every, every night at dinner, we watch an episode of Columbo. We're not watching like something else. And we were just saying last night, I can't believe there's not one here that we haven't watched. And then we found one. Oh, that really? we hadn't watched. It was the one with Ruth Gordon. I saw that. We overlooked the Ruth Gordon one. I I love the Ruth Gordon one. It's amazing. It's a great one. It's amazing. We, it was like a gift from heaven to it, find one we hadn't seen. I'm sure it's no George Went episode, but I'm sure it's uh, probably George, pretty good. George Went. The George Went episode. Oh, it's pretty good. Okay. Yeah, it's a great Believe episode. Believe me, Ruth is amazing in it. Ruth Gordon is amazing in it. That's a. a I, She's like virtuosic. She. Uh, it's another one of those shows where there's a the murderer feels like you want to see them spin off into their own show. Oh, yeah, really? and you want them to not get caught. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You want to get away, go solve murders that aren't the murder you committed, and have your own show. <laughs> yeah, is the feeling. Yeah, she actually asked him at one point. You wouldn't consider just like you know, you know, and he's like, and you're like, come on, Columbo, <laughs> come, <laughs> come on. on. Well, like, let her, her go or what? <laughs> yeah, oh. everyone gets. We one like her. Yeah, come yeah. On. She actually says. Yeah. What's, what Marriott Hartley would end up being unemployed if Ruth Gordon had to go to jail. So. That's true. So we she's out of a job. We probably shouldn't be discussing the episode that we didn't. We, <laughs> we all didn't know. tell we people. I haven't even <laughs> seen that one. <laughs> you haven't seen that one? Oh, you no, must see I haven't see seen them. it yet. I, I will oh, you, when you, we do it on the program. You have to. I will. Well, I tell you, it, it, yeah. it unfortunately does outshine our Eddie Albert episode quite a bit. I don't want to. I don't want to oh, make it, does. it so see, bad. I didn't but. love this one, but I didn't dislike it as much as you guys, folks uh, disliked it. I think but oh, it was no, okay. No. It was okay. I could not stand to see a poor woman being, you know, just, you That's know, the worst part trodden of into the ground like that again and again, especially in the seventies during like the women's lib thing. And, you know, right. she was like trying to be self-actualized and it was just impossible. It, it, it seems like, like yeah, she was never going to get it. Yeah. It seemed like they could, like you got the point. We got the point after like the first 20 instances of her being treated like a doormat. It's like, yes, we get it. But then yeah. they kept doing it and doing it and doing it to making it worse. Well, I mean, there's even like the one scene, um, I forget what it cuts out, it cuts from, but you cut to her when she's on Eddie Albert's boat and she's laying there. <gasps> yes. That weird, yeah. like, stuff, like she's been, dead? like, he killed her on the boat. Yeah, I thought, and it just I thought holds that shot and that pose for such a long time. You're like, oh, that's unpleasant. That's, yeah, but no, it's like, they, they just put her no, through she's the ringer in this thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. One, yeah. Of the, one of yeah. the more frustrating things about that is when we first see Suzanne Plachette, she and her mom are out on a boat together. We don't know that the mother and daughter yet. They're dressed in, in lots of patterns, in the finest <laughs> yes. fabrics that the nineteen seventies have to offer. Oh, man, oh man! They, to my mind, they looked like they themselves were rich and successful, and it's just a couple of maybe they owned a restaurant 
or they were designers or something, just two women, two independent women out in their own boat. And within about 30 seconds of Suzanne Plachette getting her first line, she we got the relationship with her harridan hectoring mother and the fact that she yeah. couldn't really pilot a boat. Oh. And the guy who rented her the boat was really dismissive of her. You want, I just realized, oh, she didn't even know where she was, remember? Right. Like, where yeah. are we? Where, which way is back? But, but just, just remember, like, something I thought of when I was watching this, their relationship, their whole thing. Uh, did, did either of you two folks ever see that fil- uh, film? Blah. That TV show, Enlightened, that was on briefly on HBO. Laura Dern did it with uh, Mike White. Yeah. Yes, kind I saw of, a few episodes of that. Kind of reminded me of that a little bit. Yeah, she's, she's got this divorce. Right. Her life has kind of crumbled. She's she's forced to live with her mom. She's kind of just trying yeah, all sorts of different things to try to like uh, gain some sort yeah. of foothold. It kind of reminded me of that, like a, a a jerkier version of Enlightened, a little bit. Like mm. a, they got a lot of strong vibes yeah. from that deal. Uh, is is Enlightened like a gender reversed Dear John? It's a little bit better than that. <laughs> it's a little bit better. It, it was an excellent show. It, it's it's terrible that it didn't get to go a third season, but yeah. It's like one of the best shows I've seen in like the yeah, last was... ten years or oh, so. Okay. It's really, really good. Yeah, it was interesting. I, I well, you know, I was beginning to wonder if this if this episode of if Columbo was like written by someone who did gender studies or something, because it was just so like, you know, men are, you know, into civilization and war and machines and, and, and women are into oh. arc parks and children. Actually, yeah, and, that's, that's and you know and of... Yeah. I'm the total to... relegation of women to nature and disorder and men to civilization and you know, and killing. Mm. Well, let's see. I'm, look, I'm looking at. Uh, it was really interesting that way for me. Uh, writer John uh, Duggan or Dugan, however it's pronounced, he's yeah. he passed away in 1994, so you can't uh, argue with how he pronounced his name. Uh, but mostly, just did a lot of TV stuff. <laughs> wrote like a uh, 56 episode of Little House on the Prairie. Wrote Adam Twelve. Yeah, heavy on Little House on the Prairie. Uh, wrote Kung Fu. Kung Fu. He's got um, a start. He has a Star Trek episode under yeah. his belt. Which, uh, if you, I guess, if you really want to return um, to tomorrow. Which one is that? Uh, the Enterprise is guided to a distant, long-dead world where survivors of an extremely ancient race, existing only as disembodied energy, desiring the bodies of Kirk, Spock, oh, and Astro. Oh, they go inside of them. Yeah, yeah, I remember that deal. Okay. Oh, Crazy. I think, huh. I think one of the great things about anyone who wrote in the 60s, in the late 60s, is if they did a Star Trek episode, you get a pretty good insight into their sociological viewpoint. Well, that's I, all I, that love, show mm-hmm. I love the Harlan Ellison episode of uh, Columbo. <laughs> oh, I wish. That one where it's like some sort of apocalyptic thing, and guy, I yeah, the, the detective who who whispered "Excuse me, sir" into right. the out of the world, and yeah. he wrote like three books whining about it. So yeah, it was a really good one. There's a lot of documentation about it. So <laughs> uh, yeah. that'd be amazing. Yeah, or annoying, probably well, annoying more than amazing. Probably both. A little yes. bit of both. Um, so let's talk a bit about the actual. Uh, murder itself and his attempt to try to get away with oh. it, which I thought was kind of weak, a little bit. No, wait, wait. Yeah, it was awful. I mean, he was just like. <laughs> I mean, it, it was a very. So when was Columbo very... comes, did you see him trying to lean on that on that piece of wood to be nonchalant? Yes. Like not <laughs> He was like, don't worry. I, over I, and he he pretends of... he's leaning. Yeah, it's just. But he could. He could never lean on that. And and I, I was when I watched the second time through, taking notes. I realized when he stops um, by uh, Suzanne Plachette's apartment on the way to the uh, yeah. the uh, testimonial dinner, he's <coughs> taken the dead man's car and stopped it because that's whose yeah. car he has. Why oh, holy would you moly. do that? So he didn't just to get rid of it. He, well, you no, know, he got rid of it after he said, like, well, I'm going to make a pit stop at her apartment. I'm going to park this dead man's car in this parking lot where maybe oh, someone will see it. I don't know, but I got a car at the moment. Uh, sure. Does Let's that. double and down on the sole eyewitness. He dumps it after he stops at her apartment, which just seems really strange <laughs> yeah. to me. I don't know. There's also he's an people. uncommonly cool character. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it comes up with a really great uh, cover story about the andirons. It's like, oh, I, I don't actually use that fireplace. I, andirons? What are andirons? <laughs> They're not weighing down the no, but corpse in my I closet. Did, I didn't catch that. What happened with the andirons? Did he use them? Yeah, that's what he used to actually uh, weight the to body weigh, down. Yeah, yeah, weigh down the body. In the bay. Oh. I don't think they explicitly said that. I think that was just a hint. Oh, I didn't well, no, catch you that. See, you also see okay. that. They're like on top okay. of the corpse in the boat when he's going out to uh, dump the body. Right. Oh, but Columbo oh, points oh. out You know what I did? I watched this on my phone. Uh, <laughs> I watched this on my phone well, to take notes. Be, like, the like, andirons I'm going to watch tiny. this. So that I, yeah, they would have been tiny. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I'm always drawing when I watch these things, so I always miss yeah. this stuff. I have to rely on art. I, I usually okay, just uh, oh, and that's- I watch them and write down and pay attention. That's what I do yes, on a television do. set. I tell- I don't how do you like Dr. Yeah, well, I have watched it on the television <laughs> set. But, you know, it was really hard. For- I, could, I could never bring myself to watch that actual episode, like, more than once. So when I actually... Actually mentioned it to you guys, and, and then you chose it. I was like, "Oh no, oh, no, I'm have to watch, no, it have to watch like, this one because it was just so painful to watch." It is, it is it's, it's yeah. Just, so, but then I did watch it a few times. But I watched it on my phone, and it's, 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 it's just <laughs> like on the awful. subway. I watched it. It's awful because of what they do to Suzanne Plachet's character. It's just, it's just like a, not a really yeah. good female character at all. And in Columbo, not always no. the best with that sort of thing. But this, in this case, it's particularly egregious. I think a little bit. It's. I mean, so not, not, less, even not less than Warren Even bad, he asked her if she was drinking. Oh, yes, yeah, right, yeah. Well, th- with all this in mind, let's 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 do a little thought experiment. And what would, Uh-oh. what's your ideal situation in the context of that episode? Would you have liked to have seen Suzanne Plachet do? Oh, because I would have loved to have seen more doubt, and I think seeing it inspired by Eddie Albert constantly trying to make her dis- disbelieve her own senses. And it would have been nice to see her collude with Columbo a little bit. Oh yeah, definitely. That would you know, or rather, even, even rather just even, right away, flat out at the, from the get go, she says like, "Oh, I don't know what I saw. I didn't see anything." I was like, "What? You just but you were so yeah." yeah that was a pretty quick turnaround. That yeah. was a pretty quick because, turnaround. because he bought her herself gaslight really rent. quickly. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yes. Yeah, I would. I would have loved to have seen her have some kind of agency in taking him down. That would have made all of the abuse okay. Right. If she had anything yeah, except she would have come out of it. Right. Yeah. Stronger. No, you, I come out of this thinking she came out of the, like, the character came out of this whole experience much weaker because oh, she definitely. had basically exactly. just been abused. Exactly. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, no that's like, exactly what happened. Her mom is going like if she had only closed her eyes to what, what Tom's philandering. Right. Or no, yes. if she had only flirtations, if she had only closed her eyes. Yes, I mean, exactly. that just struck yeah, me. Right. You know, and now she's now she's actually closing her eyes. It's like she lost, you know, she lost by not closing her eyes to her husband's cheating. Right. Mm-hmm. She lost her social status. She has to go live with her mom again. She's like doing pottery as like therapy. Remember? And she's just like totally discredited. And she's like this weak woman that everybody looks down upon. And then like she has a chance. Right. You know, she's like, I know what I saw. I know what I saw. I saw it. And she was really strong about it. And then she just totally caves. Let's it go. And she doesn't she totally get a chance. Caves. And they it's don't get a chance she's to sleep thinking, Well, deeper, maybe, yeah. maybe I'll get, maybe, yeah. But maybe she's thinking like, well, maybe I have to close my eyes, you know, like her mother said. Right. So she closes her eyes to this murder and she loses again. Which maybe she's that was. Loses it again. Yeah. Her very last line in the show is, is equally vulnerable and sad because she asks Columbo, if he really has a niece, I think it is. Yeah. Yes. And it's, yeah, because she it, doesn't know who to believe. Yeah, her last right. line is, are you lying to me too, basically? Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah, pretty much. She's casting about to find one man in the world not telling her lies. Right. And I think oh. Columbo kind of implies, like, ah, yeah, I was kind of kidding. It's actually, I got a, yeah, I got a niece, but it's like he names another family connection. The niece yeah. Maryland thing was actually just one of his things he says, pretty much. Yeah, um, neither she or her mother know who to believe. You know, when when she, when Columbo shows up, she demands the mother demands to see identification. Oh my god! When the so, uh, yeah. general shows up, she's all like, uh, "Helen, there's a gentleman in a tuxedo <laughs> well, here that, for you." That's, that's the whole that's the whole class thing right there too. That Columbo yeah. always does. Yeah, where Columbo does not look like some high class rich guy, but as soon as somebody like that shows up at the door, the mother's like, "Oh well, I'll trust you explicitly." Yeah, well, come right in. You're not so Columbo. Like, ex- yeah. yeah. He explicitly looks like an. Would you like a head. drink or my daughter? <laughs> yes. yes, exactly. Um, now, Columbo. So let's talk about the character Columbo in this episode. I, I think, in terms of that, it's got some really good examples of him and how he does his work and things like that. Um, I, what, what do you guys think? Does anything remember there's, anything specifically, or there's certainly um, it, weirdly it relies on a on a. Um, uh, an epiphany that he yeah, has in which, the cafe. Yeah, oh, which, in and, the and chili speaking, bar. And speaking of the, uh, the little diner place, yeah. the guy who runs the diner, we've seen him before. Uh, he's a guy who runs. The, oh uh, yeah, yeah. He's a guy who runs the deli in the uh, William Shatner episode, uh, where the uh, murder yes. happens. And, oh, he, he's been everywhere. He's been he's, in a lot of Cassavetes too. Oh really? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, 
Oh. He he and the boatman. The boatman oh, boat too. Guy the too? boatman yeah. was like Minnie and Moskowitz. He oh. was that hideous date from Minnie and Moskowitz with the hair all over his body but not on his legs. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh nice. I didn't know that. Oh. All right, we gotta that's oh, yeah, another the total cameos. Oh, another, total cameos. Another map we have to put together is the Cassavetti's cast. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. There's a million yeah, I just wait to look at like the the I think it's our directed deal. Um, wow. Okay, I didn't know that. Um, but yeah, you're right. That that. Did you notice how he said chili? How what? <laughs> oh yeah. And and the way and times did he say bowl of chili? He and he just and he they knocked the chili away just so he can say a bowl of chili again. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> out of the way. But yeah, yeah. Both of his, like you said, both of his um, uh, revelations about this come in the chili joint from watching right. TV in the chili yeah. joint the one time and the second time. Uh, seeing the guy's old war junk, so he would not have gotten through this case were it not for, uh, for uh, Bert the Chili uh, Slinger. Pretty, but much. that's the that's the weirdest part about it is that there's all the evidence in the world points to Hollister, right? The 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 murdered man disappeared on his way to see Hollister. The murdered man's car was seen there, and the murdered man's body comes washing up. And if you do the title charts, you figure out oh, it's pretty much when. Hollister had his boat out at about where Hollister had his oh, boat Oh, see, but that's, that, that's also that right there, the tie charts. That's an example of something I love they do with Columbo where, okay, you're busy you know, be, uh, watching whatever Suzanne Plachette and Eddie Albert are doing. But when Columbo has been off screen, he's been working all damn day and night going to whatever offices and whatever departments, researching tides, researching <laughs> geodetic surveys. Yeah. And this guy <laughs> is just putting in the damn legwork. And I love it when they do that and point that out. Yeah. He just that's shows exactly. up in a scene and it's like, Oh, it was in the Hall of Records for like 18 hours just going over really, really tiny minutiae just to finally nail this guy, yeah. And I like that uh, it's pretty early yeah. on. He's sure he did it, but just has to figure out how to prove it. Like that whole scene with the fishing, that uh, where they're talking about like the fishing, like, oh, well, it's, you're not going to catch anything out here. You're in right. too shallow. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? I thought in the morning. You can catch somebody, something if you get in the morning. Yeah, well, like I like it when they do that sort of veiled... I know you did it. I know Bantering. you know you did it. Yeah. Yeah. That stuff's always kind of fun. Yeah. How how early do you think he figured it out? Do you think it was right when he, when Eddie Albert was going, oh, yes, it must <laughs> have been that when I was standing That's, there. I think he had some suspicion. And then Columbo just has this look on his face like, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, think <laughs> that, I think that's Oh, yeah, it must have been that. It was built up there, and yeah. I think it was confirmed when he was actually watching the TV thing, and it, he finally, things were clicking and popping and the gun yeah. not being there and everything, yeah. I think, that's I think it it's was. it's the yeah, key yeah. mistake that all the rich, arrogant people make in Columbo, where they decide to come up to explain to Columbo how the plausible uh, alibi works, instead right. of just saying, oh, "I don't know." <laughs> yeah, you figure it out. Like, don't give him help. It's like, oh, you know, what I was doing. I was wearing two different types of clothing at the same time and stumbled oh, and then over I something. Tripped, with a gun. I tripped over a box while <laughs> I was, was holding a gun. One of the lamest examples of that I've that ever seen on the show. Oh my god! Yeah, that was that the was worst terrible. lie. The worst lie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like just the idea that I tripped over a box holding a gun, and that does look like me murdering a man. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and that's true. I remember so many times I've tripped, and it looks just like I've shot a man to death. Mm-hmm. No, but just just add add to the ex- explanation all those noises he made. Like, oh, right. oh yeah, right. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Like that's gonna make it much more convincing. <laughs> um, oh, another thing too about the TV report he watched in the Chili Place for for a local television station. That's a very long, long segment about this guy who retired from the military twenty years ago. It goes on for like fifteen minutes in the eleven o'clock news, just about this one guy with all this footage. It is such an exposition yeah. in a local newscast. Like, I don't know if they devote that much time every single night to stories like that or what. It's Los Angeles. What else happens? That's true. Things were slow back then, too. They, they, you know, the news wasn't as uh, quick as it is now. There was no news about the, oh, I don't know, Vietnam there was War no news. or anything. <laughs> I... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I... they really had to, they had to make things less, you know, they had to stretch things out in the 70s, They were I able think. to let things breathe. I mean, hell, the, the Tonight Show was yeah. 90 minutes long back then. Come on. The newscasts, local news, wow. was like an hour. Must have been easy. Yeah. Sure. I don't know. I can't remember. I think back in the 70s, yeah, the news, like oh, the 11 o'clock. I think it kind of was. I don't know. I'm I'm trying vaguely to remember. Uh, what? How long? How? Yeah. If there were, I think there were hour-long newscasts at night. 
Oh. Yeah, they were hour-long newscasts. It was the 11 o'clock news, and then there was the, yeah. there was the 10 o'clock news, the 11 o'clock news. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that, too, where there was like that. There was, there was a time in uh, in the early 80s, I remember, when I think it was Tucson had the news at 10, 10, 30, 11, and noon, which is basically oh a four-hour <laughs> news broadcast. Well, they do that. I know, like, here in Philadelphia, they do that definitely in the afternoons, where I think the news, a couple stations starts at 4. Like, the evening mm-hmm. newscast starts at 4, and they just do filler and repeat stories every 15 minutes until the 6 o'clock news. They finally done at 6.30. Yeah, it just goes on for like two and a half hours. It just, hey, All right, so maybe, maybe, this isn't, maybe this isn't impossible. I'm, maybe. I, I apologize, writer and director of this 40-year-old Columbo episode. I, I, I stay in my hand. <laughs> Perhaps you did need the story to be that long on the newscast. I, that is realistic. I admit my, I was wrong. I feel uh, I feel terrible that we're we're taking the piss out of Eddie Albert so hard because uh, I did some reading up on him before we did this podcast and then I'm I'm reading up on him a little as we go mm-hmm. and uh, uh, just first off lived to be a hundred years old he did he he, he did? died at wow. ninety nine wow I wow that. wait when yeah. how long ago did he uh, pass away two thousand five oh that recently wow huh. yeah I had uh, so that's pretty good. He was a he was a lifelong activist. We talked earlier about how he he was an acrobat in a Mexican circus, huh. but secretly but secretly was working for U.S. Army intelligence, taking photographs of of German U boats in Mexican harbors, like in the middle of flips in the air. <laughs> I, oh, you know what? Yes, <laughs> we'll say Ab- it. Sure, absolutely. John, draw that. <laughs> done and done. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, what else? I mean, he was he uh, he was a tycoon before the stock market crash of twenty nine. Wait, what? 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 He was a tycoon. a tycoon. He was wiped out in the stock market. So he crash. was everything. He was yeah. everything that he was in this episode. Yeah, but he was bad at portraying it. Which is he that's just could really not strange. Do it. Is it directing then? Is it the direction? Is I I really it? think he was just had nothing. I think his writing he just had nothing in his character. Wow, it's so weird that he didn't bring a lot of this stuff to it. But man, well, I mean that's a thing that happens in this show, and I point out as a joke usually, but where you're told that a certain character is something by other characters, but you never actually see it in the character themselves. Right. Like, oh, yeah. this person is a, a genius defense attorney, or this person is a brilliant actor who is a beloved by all. Like, you just kind of were told that, but you don't actually ever get it from the actual character as they're written. So there's a, maybe there's that's a, part of that here. There's a later episode, uh, I think it might be a 90s episode, with Billy Connolly, who's supposed to be a brilliant film composer. And they spend way too much time letting us hear his compositions to make us believe that. Oh dear. Oh yeah. no. <laughs> and the worst well, maybe part he just, is... maybe he just couldn't play himself, you know, like yeah. you know, some people are like really boring in real life and yeah. then they like come alive when they're impersonating somebody else. And like for him to impersonate himself was maybe like too meta. It shut him down or something. He was also kind of a pretty much known as a comedic actor. I don't, I don't think he ever did. I uh, like by the seventies, definitely. He's known as a comedian. yeah. Okay. Oh, he's right, Green yeah. Acres. He's yeah, the guy yeah, from right. Green Acres. Yeah. That's all I know him as. He's in. Uh, he was in Oklahoma, wasn't he? Was he? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't either. Not a fan. Do you think he was I swear- trying to make a comeback. Oh, that I think might- he was trying to make like a comeback or something as a serious, like a heavy. In yeah, this what else was he doing? Episode? Episode? Do you think was this was his chance? Hold on, I'll do a little looking. I'm looking also. See who can click faster. Eddie Albert, seventies. He was he was he was nominated for an Oscar as best supporting actor in Roman Holiday. Okay. Yeah, but that's way. Yeah, that was well before this. Like around here, around this time, like early seventies. Oh, he was in a little Abner TV movie. Oh, <laughs> he signed. Right, okay. So things were not going well. He was on an episode of Cloud, actually. Oh, here we go. I, I think I think this will do us. Hmm. Uh, at age sixty nine, switch. switch. He he wanted yeah. to he wanted to do a crime drama, or he got signed to do a crime drama. So this might have been his attempt to change his the direction of his career. Yeah, yeah. Was in, oh, that's what know, I that's what I feel. Oh, you know, he was in um. Longest Yard. I forgot he's a warden in that. That's kind of yeah. a jerk, sort of dramatic-ish role, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. 
Long, Longest Yard is is one of those '70s comedies that's, I guess, super grim and has yeah, long grim and depressing parts. and yeah, everything else. Right. Yeah, yeah. So maybe. I don't know, Eddie Albert. What were you? Th- am I, or was just a thing where you're just working on it for a week and like, eh? Can we can we just agree that like we like Eddie Albert? Oh yeah, no principle. Okay, I just feel well, bad. That's a thing. It's a thing for I both. think he was he was a nice guy. Yeah, he was a nice guy. <laughs> I don't find him attractive. <laughs> no, that that's another thing where it kind I, of crumbles. I, I just, he's not like that. He's not a handsome yeah. sort of old uh, ex general uh, guy that you think would be like, oh, it's this rugged. And at one point, I was thinking, like, yeah. so are they trying to make him like he's kind of a Patton type guy? But then at some point, they explicitly uh, compare him to Patton in the episodes. Like, oh, well, I guess not. I don't know. Because actually, they say he is. They say he's different from Patton, so it's like well, Patton exists in the same whatever universe is this thing. So I'm not sure. Patton had debuted the year before the movie, the George C. Scott film was. Oh, okay. Oh. So, I was just about to say George C. Scott. If George C. Scott had he played that good. role, I could have. Oh. Yeah, that actually yeah. would have like Sterling like kind of a, kind of a gr- Oh, Sterling Hayden would have been great. That would have been a <laughs> yes. Been oh my god, that would have been perfect. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. See that yeah, I could have yeah. believed. You know, and that Hell like yeah. when he kissed her, when he kissed her, I wouldn't have been like ew. Right. <laughs> I because, would have been like oh. Because like you said, oh there you go. Because, like you said, he's kind of crazy and dangerous, you and, know. And, yeah, in my head, like you, I, I think of him as oh, from Green Acres. It's like oh, it's kind of right. goofy, affable, uh, whatever. Oliver Douglas and said, you know what I, I think yeah. it might be too yeah. is that Eddie Albert in his career was never a leading man. He was always a, a, yeah. a team player. He was always I don't know the line of yeah. word I'm looking for, but I think he gave too much supporting. Yeah, he was also yeah. a supporting actor, and I think he was deferring to Falk. In a lot of their scenes together, instead of trying to dominate him, which is what well, he should have been. He was always a straight man and stuff. Right. Yeah. He was never, yeah. Well, actually, that's a weird, weird to bring that up, the dominating, deferring thing. Because uh, directing-wise, visually, it's not a super remarkable episode. But most of the scenes with Eddie Albert, they're shot either from a low angle, so he's towering over a person looking at them. Or from mm-hmm. behind, where it's looking down from the back of his head down at the other person, they'd frame a lot of the shots with him, putting him in a position of dominance where he's just looking down at someone at an angle. Like he's over also, and over uh, again, which I thought they was... Get, they put him oh, at yeah. the end I don't of... they were yeah, compensating or what? Oh. Yeah, yeah they, do you remember, like, there's one one of those shots where he's looking down at Suzanne Plachette through oh, the candles? It, yes, the candles. I wrote yeah. that one down because that's very strange. Like, through the candles as if they were bars? It's such weird framing, yeah. So bizarre. Yeah. And, there's and a, the yeah. There's a so few boring. scenes where he's... <laughs> There's a few scenes where he's at the end of hallways or or in long shots, too, which I think is trying to make him look more authoritarian. Yeah, and it just kind of doesn't, yeah, all doesn't come fly. together because it's it's the wrong thing at the center of all of it. Maybe. God, I love him on Green Acres. Oh yeah, God bless him on Green Acres. <laughs> Wait, did you guys notice the one shot? And I, I just kept going back to it for some reason. The one shot of of Columbo when he first arrived at the general's house, and he's sort of at the end of the hallway and. He turns around to look at the general, and it's like a really close-up shot, like with a yes, wide-angle yes, lens. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. As if, as if the colonel's looking at him through a peephole in a it door. Was so, it, I think, I think it was. Well, How wait, weird was that? That was. I, I thought it was a peephole. Was actually. it when? Was that when um, Columbo <laughs> was starting to go toward um, the area with the um, uh, the hidden gun Maybe. cabinet? Because then he's like, yeah, I think says, it was. Lieutenant, the bedrooms are over here because he doesn't want him to right. go with that at all. That's I think it, that's yes. A, yes, and then yes. it cuts it, and it's like, yeah, it's an extreme close up of Falk turning around, like, huh? Because I think yeah. that might be where he's kind of starting, like, okay, something's kind of hinky here. This is not, yeah. why is he yeah, so. Yeah, he starts to look at Yeah. No, yeah, look that at was... him like a bug. The thing is, like, yeah, compared to a lot of episodes where it seems like a lot of times directors did do strange... This one, there's hardly any of that, except for, yeah, those very odd, specific choices, but the whole episode doesn't consistently have interesting stuff to look at. No, no, no. There is something weird. There is something weird. I I took a note. Can Mm. I tell you? Oh, sure. sure. Yes, please. That's what it's for. Right right at the beginning. Right at the beginning, there's, like, two things. Like, first first of all, you you, you come upon him shaving, okay? He's like... And he's looking like he's really enjoying it. Oh, yeah, he loves, <laughs> right? he's, he's he loves like, a clean shave. Did you notice? Yes. He loves that shave. He loves shave, a clean right? shave. And then, the, and then the bell rings, right? And the music just goes all ominous. 
But yeah, he's like, not expecting this guy. Oh, right. Yeah. Right? He's like, he's just in his, his bathrobe and he's shaving and he's having fun. He's like, ooh, I love this razor. And then <laughs> suddenly the bell rings and the music goes like, you know, like something's happening, something's happening. And you're just like, what? What is this? You know, like, yeah, no, but I, I really notice things like that because, like, sometimes I think it would be fun to have that kind of ominous music playing in the morning <laughs> while I'm getting ready for work. Just, what an amazing, amazing, just for the hell of it. Put it on your phone and you're just kind yeah. of walking around. The there should be an app <laughs> for that. There should be an app that would, like, give you <laughs> yeah, background music. Yeah, personal film soundtrack that, app. And it sounds like you're going to kill someone, but you're just going to make toast, you know? Actually, that's a <laughs> I'm ready to I, uh, Personal I just movie soundtrack app. App, yeah. Million, do- yeah. million dollars. Yeah, let's do it. I'm not cutting any of you in. You'll do it because... I, uh, I, oh, you have to. Nope. I, I did, a, idea. I did a little look works. as to the director's credits. Yeah. Jack Smite. Yeah. Uh, he's got a few, I would say, not great movies to his credit, but chief exactly. among them. First off, Frankenstein, the true story, which I have on bootleg. Oh, okay. Get out. Which is not good. It is, it's no, an attempt. Really? It's an attempt to be a hammer. like that, I can't. A 1973 TV movie that wanted to be a Hammer horror film, and there's there's legitimately a scene where Frank, where the monster, rips off Elizabeth's head, but they can't show it because it's TV. So it's it's him just sort of giving a woman a nice neck massage, and then they cut away, and everybody looks horrified. Uh, and he also directed Damnation Alley, the George Papard, Jan Michael Vincent. 1977 post-apocalyptic sci-fi thriller. Yeah, well, I'm seeing he directed uh-huh. Airport 75, so he's oh, aces in my another book. Fine and, and the Illustrated Man, the Illustrated yeah, I know, yeah. Man, oh, he did. Yes, yeah, a couple episodes yeah. of uh, Banachek. You guys are leaving that out. Yeah, I do. Like, he started out, looks like, doing a lot of, like, uh, 50s anthology TV stuff when that started moving yeah. west. Where, and and I, don't, I, don't think I'm, I don't think I'm being too cruel to directors for the anthology stuff in the 50s and 60s, but most of that work was... Get on your spot. Oh, no, come on. A lot of good guys came on. <laughs> zoom zoom in on Jerry Lewis. That's oh, all it geez. is. Oh, my That's God. 90% of it. You Get on me. your spot, Steiger. Oh. That's it. Yeah, but you have to work Oh, yeah, Steiger. no way to treat That's a lady. That's Wait, no way to treat a lady. Wasn't that a good one? I thought that was good. I don't know. I think Am I crazy? Uh, let's see. Crafty Serial Oh, with um, George Siegel. I've seen part of this. Lee Remick, yeah, I've I've seen part of this. Yeah, so have I, but I don't remember anything about it. Well, it could be that good. But I feel like it was like some kind of precursor to some... It's a real killer, yeah. It's like a precursor to like Dress to Kill and stuff like that. Oh, weird. Or maybe at the same time. Yeah. So this guy had some hits and some misses. Anyway. We all have. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So... Um, I'm trying to think of like... We're getting towards... Now, uh, the end of things, I'm trying to like, uh, look at my notes and think of other weird things I noticed. Oh, oh. Um, Eddie Albert has a Band-Aid on his ring finger the entire episode. And I'm wondering right. why. My guess is he didn't want to take the his wedding ring off. But see, I thought of that. But also I think he, this ain't some community theater thing. He's a guy who'd been making well, pictures for like 20-odd years. Seems yeah. like he, he would know. That has to be deliberate. Not, that's not a thing you do. There's something weird there. I don't know. Well, he that's was... the Bluebeard thing. Oh, there you go. Yes. There you go. There we he go. Explain. And he's the fighting answer. the tan line. That's it. Yes. My, my only other note from the uh, from the episode is from the scene where he shows up at the petting zoo, mm-hmm. which just says uh, Green Acres crossover. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> exactly. Da, 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 da. No, you, you didn't see me murder anyone. Birds crossover in the beginning and then Green Acres crossover in the park. <laughs> <laughs> There were a lot of winks in this episode. There were a lot of winks. Maybe this is the Lost Green Acres episode. That's what happens oh, to Oliver. Oh, he left. He left. He just, yeah, left the place. <laughs> I've got Cooterville. something. I've got something for you guys. Okay. I've got something. The see-through dress shirt. Oh, yeah. Oh, come on. The see-through was, dress shirt. That was strange. I'd wear a T-shirt. Was, I'd always wear a T-shirt. That was weird. I've well, never one, seen I would a shirt like that. Like that. And two, I would wear a T-shirt. And you're kind of frightened. It's like, oh, we're, you're unbuttoning. We're not going to see shirtless at the Albert. And it cuts away. You're like, oh, thank God. <laughs> oh thank God! Because oh, I, I didn't. But I've never seen I've never seen a shirt like that in my life, and I couldn't believe it when he took off his jacket. Oh, I know. Yeah, it, it was pretty much just you know like a. That was kind of kinky. It was. Oh, I'm sorry yeah. to use that word. Why that did you have to use that kinky. word? You put that word in my head. 
with him. In this <laughs> I wonder episode. if it's, is it a, or, <laughs> oh dear is that a military <laughs> thing? Do you think a lot of guys were walking around in the sheer know. blouse yeah. top? I think I think you know that had something to do with his like secret life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't just maybe a he gun was wearing, safe. He was probably yeah. wearing panties. He was it's like if it's a tr- pants. Nice. <laughs> it was. It wasn't. It wasn't the mine. Is why he had to retire. I want to see. Discovered. I want to see the cut scene that has Eddie Albert fixing his stockings and then pulling pants on, <laughs> and the doorbell rings and it's Columbo. Just one more thing, sir. It's hiding his stockings. <laughs> or if he takes the body out of the gun safe and there's like all these chains and handcuffs. Oh no! <laughs> well, it makes it. I'm. You know. I'm leaning towards. Hey, nightmare fuel. Great. Thank kinky, you. kinky bluebeard Eddie Albert is a lot more interesting <laughs> than the one we got. It could be. It's episode. all there. It's underneath. Yeah. It's all subtext. Yeah. There's a lot more to this episode than meets the eye. I think, you know, I could keep watching it. Oh, I'm, I'm okay. And, for and a keep while. taking notes. Now that okay, we've got it. Yeah. No, no, I'm, not, I'm sort of hooked on it now. For this angle, yeah. yeah. Oh, one thing I, I, I kept thinking because of where they are, it just kind of reminded me of where um, um, Arrested Development took place. So I could imagine <laughs> George Bluth being there someplace. Or like if, if you just looked farther down from where she made the phone call to the cops, you see the banana stand or something <laughs> with like, you know, 70s yeah. George Bluth working out there, hiring the one-armed guy and all that crap. It seems like that might be there. That's just something I wrote down. I don't know why I did. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think. Yeah. Uh, I wrote down somebody. Okay. Creepy and terrible seducer. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Hey, is his... But, oh, yeah, the one thing, when they were in the restaurant having the drinks when he's first uh, starting to break down her uh, brick wall of having seen the things. Doubt. Self-confidence? Yeah, self-confidence. Yeah. Yeah, self-confidence. The thing where he's like, the whole really s- labored, uh, extended thing about uh, treating the drinks as though it's some sort of trial. It's like, oh, well, you know, I should, uh, I should at least get a fair trial from you. And like, hey, let's prosecute oh. these yeah, martinis. Yeah. Prosecute these martinis. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best thing yeah. to do in being charming and trying to be funny <laughs> and let's yeah, and murder these like, breadsticks then... yes <laughs> no and then he's like and to prove to you how I feel I want to take you to dinner like that's right. a, okay it's like you're proving your body okay a yeah that'll sure. prove it that'll prove it oh actually, he has a he has a very strange thought process oh yeah don't you think it doesn't it doesn't he, he just assumes that people are going along with him because yeah, he, we're told yeah, I, that well I mean, that might be because he's used, he's used to people following orders, I guess. But I think it might just be sloppiness. Yeah, he, he's not used to anybody doubting him, I guess. Yeah. But then, yeah, you're right. You know, I'm coming around to your thing where I just can't buy him the way he's portrayed being that kind of guy for real. It just doesn't work somehow. I don't know. Mm. Oh, and actually, okay, I, wait. I, I have a note here that I took. I have a note here that I took of right when he kills the guy. Mm-hmm. Remember how he's like... He, 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 the guy comes, he rings the bell, he, he says, you know, there's a problem. Mm-hmm. And then, like, within about 30 seconds after he's told him this problem, Eddie Albert goes, you know, I've been thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Which, <laughs> that should be a red light. Like, wait. Oh, let's like, see. How, this... how, how quick was he thinking? He was it took him so 30 discreet. seconds to decide yeah. to kill this guy. He yeah. had a weird smile on his face, too, when he got when the when the fellow was like, I'm going to go to Sweden or whatever he said. And Albert yeah. had this look <laughs> on his face like, I've been looking for a reason to kill this guy. Oh, maybe. Exactly. <laughs> maybe he's been thinking about like He's been years. dying to kill this guy. Or he's been ready the entire, like, for ages that he would have to get rid of this weak link in the whole corruption chain. I don't know. Maybe he knew. Yeah, because he was remarkably prepared. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, he had yeah. a convenient box of guns, crate of guns already to go. Well, so, luckily, yeah. I've cleaned out my gun safe, so I've got a place to put the body. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's what happened in 30 seconds. <laughs> Just very quickly. That's why he's a strategic genius. He was a mastermind in the battlefield. Um, and also that, that night uh, where he takes her out to dinner, she comes back, and, and Columbo's there at the apartment already. T- so that implies... Columbo had been waiting there for a long time, having to just talk to the mom for like uh, an hour oh, or two. And he slammed the mom. Did you get that slam of his? Oh, wait, what? Which, which, which part? Because no. it, she's going, she, they cut in on her going, yeah, and if she'd only just turned her, you know, closed her eyes to Tom's vacation, she'd be married now. And then Columbo goes, so, um, whatever happened to your husband? Oh, right. Oh, my God. Yes. Remember? Yes. And she's like, oh, he went out for Chinese food and went, he never came back. Came back. Yeah. Right. Oh, that yeah, was like yeah, yeah. that was a dick. Yeah. yeah, you're so great at being married, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Where's your husband? 
Yeah, I didn't catch that. Nice. Yeah. Oh, my God. He got one in for her. He got one in for Suzanne. Columbo's got claws. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, overall, uh, let, let's, let's, let's uh, do the wrap-up of kind of deciding a good Columbo episode, bad Columbus episode, or like, eh, Columbo episode. I'd say it's both. Because, like I said, I hated this episode at first, and then I got really into it. Okay. So, I don't know. There's more to it than meets the eye. It's one of those subtle ones. Are we ascri- is there more to it than meets the eye, or are we trying desperately to ascribe more to it? Because it was kind of like, oh, God, this was a thing. I think there, there must be more than meets the eye. Because- I think there must yeah. be, because these guys are so good. Right. They know what they're doing. And it was the first season. You think they'd be trying, like, okay, we ought to put the good stuff out there and get people to watch this thing to get renewed. And yeah, they yeah. This and the the two episodes that precede this are fantastic. Yes. So it's amazing. it's not like they didn't they didn't have a model already set up, right? So I th- I think there's just there were some missteps that kept this one from being great. I think yeah. it was just the casting. It was Eddie. Yeah. I'm sorry, Eddie. Yeah. But yeah. it was Eddie. You beautiful 99 year old counter spy. He had cast. a nice happy long life. He's fine. Yeah. yeah. He's fine. If it had been Sterling, Sterling Hayden, oh my it would have been, been perfect. So good. So good. We, we, we would have been just drooling over this. I would have been, been. Yeah, man. I would have been rooting for him to get away with it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And totally. he would have been such a like a like a hard ass jerk about everything. And it just <laughs> he would have. <laughs> I can see the squint. I can see the squint. Yes. I just saw the squint. I was thinking about that just uh, as you said it. Angry just like squint. Vaporizing people just wearing, by looking wearing, at wearing them. That, uh, wearing that, uh, that stupid uh, boat and yachting hat. And everything. <laughs> oh man! Making making Colombo seasick, you know? Yeah, just kind of probably yeah, with an evil look on his face. Yeah, smirking yeah. like an asshole about it the whole time. <laughs> exactly. In my head, that's that's the episode of Dead Weight that will live on in my head, my memory from now on. Yeah, me too. Just replacing too. Sterling Hayden in every scene. Sorry, Eddie exactly. Albert. I'm never again, gonna. But... I'm never gonna watch it again. I'm just gonna remember it with Sterling Hayden. Okay, so with Eddie Albert, it's like a episode with Sterling Hayden, a classic. It's brilliant. It's a classic. <laughs> it is. Everyone, that one goes in the archives. Like, exactly. Out of 10, dead weights. Dead weights. Starring Sterling Hayden. Two thumbs up. Suzanne Plachette and Peter Falk as Columbo. Sterling Hayden. God. Well, mm-hmm. way to go, Columbo! Casting people forty years ago for not casting Sterling Hayden, who's probably busy with something else at the time anyway. Probably, probably booze. filming Long Goodbye. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, anyway. maybe. Yeah, it could be. I'll take that. Yeah, sure. okay. I'll buy that. All right, <laughs> so that that's that's dead weight. That and what a kind of an appropriate uh, right title for the They're episode. Actually. Setting themselves up. Yeah, actually, it is. Well, it's like, yeah, when they, is, name, yeah. when they name a movie that's going to be bad, a title that you already can be building the puns in your head <laughs> right. for the reviews. <laughs> Shit sandwich. Yes. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's exactly what that is, kind of. Uh, well, thank you very much, uh, Carolee hey, Johnson, for you. joining this us. Was, this is Thanks fun. for being this. It, it, was, it was a weird sort of borderline episode, but. It was interesting to, to try to it break this thing down and break it apart. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. A challenge is the best way to it describe it. It was a challenge. This. Come on. We could have it was, done it. Was a better, like... It was a better challenge than the Dabney Coleman one, though. Dabney True. Coleman had some funny. This was, this, was, this was better than the Dabney Coleman episode. So. Yes. We're gonna, yeah. that, that's our new bar. That's our new low bar is the Dabney Coleman episode. Does it, does it rise above Dabney? Yes. It does. Oh, it does. Right it above Dabney Coleman. <laughs> We're pitying so many actors in this thing. That's a shame. <laughs> We must we must learn to celebrate celebrate the Culp and the and the uh, Cassidy, and not pity the the Went and the Alberts. Yes, well, that's such a generous <laughs> way to put it. Uh, well, uh, if, if if folks want to find uh, your stuff online, uh, where should they go? Where's, where's oh, um, they can they can look on my own website, which is just carolita dot org. Oh, that's, a, that's a good. Remember? That's a good simple done. URL. Nice work yeah. getting that thing. That's nice. All right, and then, and then there'll be all sorts of links to everything else from there. Okay, you're writing the stuff the New Yorker. Uh, you have stuff on the yeah, New Yorker, exactly. I think, too. Everything. Okay, that's yep. all up there. All right. Yeah. So, folks, go to carolita.org. Um, yeah, I guess that's the show for this uh, time around. Um, so, thank you again for being on there. Uh, if you want to. Oh, this is fun. I loved it. Thank you. <laughs> um, if, if you want to write to us, we do like getting emails and answering them. Um, simply write to Columbo at thecitydesk.net and we will respond or maybe even read them on the air. Uh, if you want to check out our Tumblr, we got one of those. Uh, John posts uh, cool screen caps, uh, videos people send in, 
uh, Columbo-related stuff around the web. That's at teamcolumbo.tumblr.com. And, of course, uh, depending on where you're listening to the show, you can always go and get all episodes, new or old, at thecitydesk.net slash just one more thing. Or, of course, the podcast section of iTunes or whatever, you know, podcast service you have to use. But those are the two big ones uh, we don't mind people going to. And if you wouldn't mind, if you do enjoy the show, uh, if you do look at it on iTunes, eh, drop in a review or one of those little rating things. It, it, it's tacky and egotistical, I know, but still, it's what feeds our uh, bottomless, uh, terrible uh, self-esteem holes. Uh, but yeah, that's the program for this time around. I'm R.J. White. Uh, I'm I'm John Morris. I'm sorry, John. Did I speak for you too hard? You too you you, you stunned me with the low self-esteem at oh, the I'm end sorry. there, but that's I'm fine. Sorry. John actually has a healthy amount of self-esteem. I'm the one who's got the bottomless hole. That's why I do this show. For the, uh, I, I always wow. have been in these things on a really dark, <laughs> strange, sad thing. And then I go back. Oh, that's Columbo. That's the show. Uh, we'll be back. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks uh, with the Jack Cassidy one. The good Yay. Jack Cassidy one. And uh, so, yeah, that's it. Uh, we'll talk to you then. Thanks for listening. Bye. Listen, just one more thing. The only thing I can say about the way she handles the boat, you certainly know when she's docked. Whiplash. If you hand me your aft line, Mrs. Wallace, I'll secure your stern. <laughs> I beg your pardon? I'll tie up your boat. Oh. Oh, yes. Yes, of, uh, of course. Is this it? Yeah, that's it. Thank you. Oh, I never thought we'd make it. Neither did I.